Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Our players and our staff, uh, we, we have sacrificed all year long. Uh, we've demonstrated incredible commitment, and we've done everything that's been asked. And uh, each week, there is an enormous amount of preparation that goes into uh, getting ready to play. I'm, I'm incredibly disappointed uh, that we did not play, and I'm, I'm disappointed in the decision to not play. Uh, we had, as Dan said, one guy test positive on Friday, so they canceled the game, even though all protocols were followed. No one ever had an illusion that there wouldn't be a positive on a Friday. So again, that's why the roster was expanded. The standard to cancel a game was not met. A guy testing positive on Friday does not cancel a game. I was on every committee call for months since March, and that was never the case. Well, that is Dabo Swinney, and he was not happy, and it was kind of bizarre on Saturday morning. Florida State Seminoles, Clemson game postponed. Maybe they'll make it up. Dabo says, hey, if we're going to make it up, then you're coming to Clemson or you're paying for our travel because we're already there. It made it different in the sense that they were already there, and that's why this was a unique one, and it got people fired up. The bottom line is Dabo Swinney didn't hold back yesterday. Uh, Mike Norvell has since said, hey, we weren't ducking anybody. And I I publicly, I don't know if I would have been as outspoken if I'm Dabble Swinney. I, I, in fact, I know I wouldn't have. I, th- I, I put a lot of blame on him for this. In fact, I was expecting like an apology at some point today uh, from Dabble. Just because I, I think this is dangerous territory. It's slippery s- slope to accuse Florida State of anything. And... On top of that, man, get out of your bubble. This is a world during the Thanksgiving holiday right now that numbers that are at all-time high. Like, it's not good right now with the coronavirus and the pandemic and, and the spread. And so to stand on this hill is a little bit like Dan Mullen and everything that happened to him with the LSU situation. It doesn't make you necessarily wrong. It makes you wrong to say it publicly. And... We all wondered, right? Listen, if it didn't enter your mind on Saturday morning, wait, they're, they're, are they using a loophole here? Because they don't want to get blasted 62 to 10. Yes, it <laughs> entered everybody's mind. But I'm not sitting here saying Florida. Are you kidding me? They put too much work in, man. You go to Florida State in part to play Clemson. You go to play Trevor Lawrence. You want to, as a kid, as a coach, as a whatever, go play Trevor Lawrence and say, hey, that dude won the Heisman Trophy. He was the number one overall pick. I played against him. I sacked him. I picked him off. Mm-hmm. That's why you play. There's no, there was no end. There's no way Florida State was ducking Clemson. Hmm. I just don't believe it for a second. I don't. Yeah. And, and I just believe, you know, I don't. This sounds too easy to me, but I said this yesterday, uh, just as we were talking about it uh, off air, and I just said, well, if Clemson had some concern about this young man that might, he was, he had some symptoms, but he had tested negative, then don't take him on the trip, hmm. right? I, that's probably too easy. We don't know every single detail, all the ins and outs, how many times this has happened, uh, because then if he tests negative, you'd say, Brent, well, why didn't you take him on the trip? I mean, he had tested negative twice. I get it. It's it's a little easier in hindsight, but. If this is a possibility to cancel the game and you have somebody might be in your travel party that could have it, 
and you think that could have it, I think in this day and age right now, if you really want to play and not face this kind of circumstance, well, then take the higher road precaution uh, and don't play them. And, and by the way, you're a 30-point favorite. It's like, okay, well, if you didn't play them. Well, okay, I want to ask you this, though. If Florida State was 6-2 and two right now, not 2-6, and six, do you think they would have canceled that game? I I. I do. You do. Yeah, I do. Okay. See, I, I do don't with necessarily... the idea. I do with the idea that they're going to make it up. That they they can play in December. There's a we'll loophole see. right now. Yeah. Listen, let me ask you this, okay? Yeah. Because it's a great question. It's a fair well, question. I, like I said, it enters all of our minds. Mm-hmm. But if Mike Norvell and the and, and which by the way didn't even, it wasn't really up to him. It looked like it was the administration. But mm-hmm. if the administration and the medical staff and everybody making this call, if they do play that game, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there is a little bit more of a spread. And now Florida State has some guys that have it again, yep. uh, or or have it, not again, but have it. And now they might not be able to play for the next two weeks, the final two games of their season. So I think from Florida State's perspective, I'm looking at, okay, listen, we got Clemson here. This is a bad situation. They're already here. We're hours from kick. Yeah. But if, if, I mean, it is rampant right now in the United States of America. Everybody is in quarantine or getting tested or whatever. And if we do that and we take this risk, we might not be able to give these guys their final two games. So we're And we might be able to make this one up. Yeah. So it makes sense to, all right, let's make sure everything's good. Now, I think some people said Clemson offered to play this Sunday or Monday, and they still refused. That, if that's true, I don't like that part of it. Why not play it on Monday then? Mm-hmm. Why don't you test everybody, make sure everybody's good, and then go play? I don't know how far that got. But, but I don't feel like I don't feel six and two and two and six matter. Maybe I'm naive here, but I don't think it. Okay, did. I, I got you, and, and maybe you're right. But it's funny you said like you know this thing spreading because you remember when we had the conversation like, do you know anybody that has COVID nineteen? Yeah, and I know. we're both kind of like, nah, not really. Hey, I sit here today. I'm like, why? Well, I can give you 25 guys right now that yeah. I know of. Like, it's insane, man. Well, it's Just all now hit. Like I don't know if it's hit everybody, but to be honest yeah. with you, I was, I was like, eh, yeah. probably up until like. Two weeks ago, to be quite honest with you. No, for sure. And then it kind of changed our world a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so, and not like in this drastic, dramatic, and no. oh my gosh kind of way, but it did change like our world in the middle of a football season, how we did things. And so, until it impacts you a little bit, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, yeah, whatever. I mean, and by the way, Mike Norvell, it did impact him. Of course. You know? Yeah. So, the whole thing that I didn't like about postponing the game. Is, and listen, I'm not blaming Florida State here, and I'm not necessarily even blaming Clemson here per se, but what I am blaming is the way they went about canceling this game, right? Because we've put our trust in the, in the NCAA to say, all right, if you're going to cancel these games because of COVID, well, then do it. But it's not supposed to be done a couple hours to, to, to kick off, prior to kickoff. Like, that's not how it's supposed to work here. That's, that's not the channels that you're supposed to go through. Yeah. So, like, that's what I didn't like about it. Is that there's supposed to be a certain way things are done um, in terms of canceling game because of COVID-19. And for whatever reason, those channels, in my opinion, were not gone through. And then all of a sudden we're stuck here wondering, like, okay, well, now what? You know, like, that's what I didn't like about it. Now, whether that's Florida State's fault, that's Clemson's fault, I really don't care. What I care about is that they didn't go through the proper channels, Brent. How much of the problem, okay, it is what it is now. Right, you're stuck with it. But yeah. how much of a, how much of the, hey, dabble. Okay. I, do you really need to come out in front of a microphone and say this stuff? Like, well, I mean, how much does he look bad? Like, does does he look like he's out of touch? 
because it's not the first time if it if it is. Yeah. Um, does does this make you again? It's very Dan Mullen esque. Mm-hmm. Like Mullen looked bad. Yep. The optics of what Mullen said that day right after was bad. Then his team gets COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you've got Dabo Swinney again. It's like guys, get out of your bubble, man. I mean, like you can think it. You can call Florida State and be pissed off and and, and give them a give them everything you want on the phone. Right. But yeah. but why you say this in front of a microphone? I don't know. I don't see what the it, what the positive. This isn't like jabbing your your rival. Nah, this is this is making you look bad. No, no. Listen, but and I completely agree with you. But we're giving coaches way too much credit because coaches have blinders on, and when it comes to those blinders, it's all about winning. All right, winning over everything. Even in COVID-19 times, winning over everything. So if you're Dan Mullen and you come out and speak your piece and you provide bad optics for the University of Florida, or if you're Dabble right now and you're saying your piece, and once again, bad optics for the University of Clemson, that's fine, man, because they have the blinders on, Brent. Simple as that. Uh, by the way, I'm ticked off if I'm the ACC commissioner. Uh, I'm ticked off because I want my uh, – this is a year where this is tough. Mm-hmm. Things are hard. And I don't want this. I, I want, I would have said, in fact, if I'm the commission, if I'm the medical people on Saturday morning, listen, Dabble, I know you're ticked off. I get it. I probably would be too. Like we understand some of the questions going on here, but you can't sit there and lambaste the other school for this. This is going to be bad. Like if I was the president at Clemson, if I was the AD at Clemson, I would say, listen, we got to all join hands in this thing and try to get to the end of the year. It's been a challenging year. We don't agree with everything. Mm-hmm. And, I just don't see the benefit of what Dabo Swinney did. Other than, in some eyes, some people are like, yeah, you go Dabo. You know, the Clemson fans are like, yeah, you stink, Florida State. Can't believe you ducked us. Yeah. No, this doesn't seem like that. I'm telling you, I'm the average guy here, and I'm watching this, and I don't root for Florida State, and I don't root for Clemson. I think Clemson, I think Dabo came off looking like an ass. Do you think this game gets made up, though, in December, or do you think they just scratch it? I think, with all, this, I, I think with all this going on, I think actually they will try to make it up. You think so? Yeah. Now, and I, I hate to see the scoreboard, by the way, because <laughs> you know how Dad was going to handle this yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, but you hate to see the scoreboard anyway. If you're a Florida State fan, it's going to be <laughs> ugly no matter what. <laughs> sure. But uh, I do. Yeah. I think they'll try to find a way. Now, now if I'm Florida State, I might play a little hardball here and be like, "Screw you guys. You want to talk like that? You yeah. want to think we're ducking it? Eh, you're not getting the game. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how that will play out. But this is what you've created, Dabo. Like, you could have done this behind closed doors. You did not need to do it publicly. You could have done it behind closed doors. And going public with it doesn't make any, it doesn't make it better. It's not going to change it. Like, you did nothing. Yeah, you rallied Clemson fans. So what? They already rallied around you. You won like 100 games in the last four years. National titles, you have the best quarterback. You don't need to rally your guys. (laughs) Yeah, they're there. So I just think it it was really bad on Dabo's part. It, It just didn't make sense to me strategically. It's more him pitching a fit. And and showing you that these guys live in a bubble and they're not in not connected to the real world uh, at times. So what winning? Brent, Dan Mullen did that. it earlier this year. Dabble Swinney has done it again. Submarine Mike on the line. I think uh, gloat. He uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, he's he's allowed to call in, I guess, because he predicted a terrible football team would lose by a lot to a good football team. Congratulations. <laughs> I know. Went on a real big limb there, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, on this whole Dabo thing, Brent, you're kind of off base, man. Because here's the thing, he it, did they meet 
for first, so make sure I understand, was Dabo correct in saying that we met the standard to play, that we all agreed on before the season started? Well, here's the problem. That, here's the problem. He, he probably is correct by the letter of the law, mm-hmm. but I don't know because I wasn't on those calls. You know, I don't know what they – like he said he was on all these committee calls. We weren't. You know, I mean, who knows what they all decided and what kind of um, arbitrary decisions they could make based on comfort level. You know, because basically this was a decision made by the Florida State medical staff based off their uncomfortability with one of their players testing positive and not knowing more after that, Submarine Mike. Okay, well, that's that's fine. But say we agree it's probably right because he has no reason to lie about that. No, no. That and I can think and he might be right. And, he might be right. Right. So he has... He has a reason to call them out publicly because they didn't do what they agreed to do. They agreed that this is the standard. I'm sorry, I'm a big, if you're going to set a standard and everything goes for the way it's supposed to be in anything in life, then you continue unless there's extreme circumstances. And I know some people are going to say this is extreme circumstances, but this standard was specifically set up to meet extreme circumstance. Hey, so Mike, there's one and more thing. One thing, though, you're missing here. They were on a phone call with the medical people of the ACC when this all happened. It's not just the two medical sides meeting. They are they are. There's a third party here. And that third party didn't necessarily say, hey, Florida State, tough. They met the rule. You have to play. And so if that third party didn't meet that, that meant this was arbitrary. This was up for discussion. This was up for some subjectivity there. And so that th- you can't say unequivocally that Dabo is correct. They should have played the game because I think that third party would have said, hey, Florida State, I know you're uncomfortable, but too bad. You have to play the game. Okay, well, that's fair. But, I, oh, I got a bit of breaking news. What's that? Luke Thomas throw another interception. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. Uh, he might have. I mean, was, was, was that a 10-8 round for Brett Martineau? That was a ten eight round for Brett Martin, everybody. Yeah, I mean, I well, again, we don't There's know what's going on. Some big words you're using too, there, man. You, you, you had me. I'm like, I don't want to argue with you. We don't. You're we right. don't know. We don't know what is said behind closed doors in these things. And yeah. to be honest with you, I've said this countless times. We are not experts on the rules that each con- each conference has. Yeah. They, they laid these things out like back in the summer, and everybody came up with kind of their own little playbook. Mm-hmm. And once again, that's a uniformity problem, most likely in college football. And I also think the, the situation is different than it was in September now. I mean, you're talking about the winter season where this is obviously spiked. And, I, I mean, I don't get overdramatic about that, by the way. I mean, we live in the state of Florida. We're still doing things. I have family that's living elsewhere. They're not doing, like, anything. Things are shut down in Rhode Island now for two weeks. It, that's not the case here. And that's fine. Like, yeah. I, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, we need to shut things down. Yeah. I'm just saying the landscape has changed even in the last six weeks, eight weeks in college football to give you some pause and hesitation in Tallahassee if a young man has tested positive and just traveled to your city to play you in a game of close contact football. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I mean, listen, believe it or not, more there's more important things than playing a football game right now, right? Like players' health. And um, listen, once again, I'm not blaming anybody for this instance. The only thing I'm disappointed is that the channels weren't were going through, right? Yeah. Because like, this just kind of stemmed out of the blue a couple hours before kickoff. Like, that's what I don't like about it. Um, now, do you err on the side of caution, better safe than sorry? Possibly. And you know what? At the end of the day, I have no dog in that fight. 
and I get it. Now, I didn't plan on going to that game. I'm not Dabble Swinney, and I'm not Trevor Lawrence, who's trying to win a Heisman Trophy. So with all that being said, it's hard for me to really come around and say, well, this isn't fair. At the end of the day, player safety comes first, especially during these tough times. Hey, one more thing about college football, at least for now. Amazing how much style points still matter in college football. Mm. Number one, first of all, my, my observation from Saturday is dud of a day in college football. I, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, what 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 was well, like? Oh yeah, it was, Indiana Ohio State game was. They did a great good. job coming back. The, the UCF Cincinnati game was pretty good. Uh, it was pretty good. It was yeah. still a two score game with like five minutes to go. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was like need an onside kick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there wasn't some. I just didn't feel like. Listen, there are some days in college football on Saturdays. Yeah. There are some days in the NFL where you're like, holy cow, man, that was fun. Yeah. Right. You did not leave November before Thanksgiving, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening saying, oh, that was fun. In fact, at about 11 o'clock on Saturday night, I could have flipped on like more of the USC game. And I was like, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not interested. Yeah. It's three to three or ten to ten. Like, I, and I'll say what you know what? It's because the scoring was down a little bit. Oh, Brent, you're so desensitized already. You no. have to have these 70 point games. It, Shame on you, it, man. But but isn't it? Like the there were scoring was down across both Yeah, no, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Well, did you watch the Alabama Kentucky game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has exceptions. Yeah. But even thirty six thirty you know what's interesting? It's like I don't want to see UCF get stopped. I yeah. like when UCF goes up and down the field. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with Cincinnati going up and down the field. Mm-hmm. But that's the game I want to see. I mean, we showed a game on CBS, it was twenty six twenty one. Yeah. I mean, hey, San Diego State and Nevada, if you're going to play, I want it to be 65-62. Sure, sure. If you're going to get CBS in the afternoon before SEC tonight, I want fireworks, oh, I'm baby. I'm sorry, did you not watch that Northwestern Wisconsin 17-7 to barn burner? I mean, Jeez. again, you are right. We got a pretty good one with the with the Indiana game. But even yeah. that, it wasn't like it was – they had a couple chances at the end. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was – so anyway, style points still matter, and and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a crazy how the sport of college football it matters so much so that I'm going to be over dramatic here, but you and others might be off the train momentarily on a guy like Justin Fields because he threw three picks. Yep. Some people are saying Kyle Trask for 380 something yards and three touchdowns didn't play well. Like, we are in a video game world in college football. Dan Mullen helped create that, by the way, this year, and Kyle Trask, because they performed so well. The standard is if you don't throw four touchdowns in the first half, then you suck today. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's really amazing, the standard they have set. I mean, Kyle Trask threw for 383, I think, and three touchdowns. They won 38-17 on the road. But it just didn't look right yeah. to the college well, football it was, fans. It was, it was Vanderbilt, right? You know, it's Vanderbilt. And, and, and we've been... Predisposition to think that anytime a Florida Gator team plays Vanderbilt, let's be honest, it's Vanderbilt. You're supposed to crush them by 60 points. You're supposed to have 10 touchdowns should. if you're Kyle, which they should. Because um, look at Alabama, like Mac Jones took care of business. You know, like the, the Crimson Tide took care of business against what I was told was one of the best teams in the uh, one of the best defenses I know. in the SEC. Not sure about that. Josh Allen, man. No, I thought I Kentucky yeah. might give Florida a little bit of an issue next week. Yeah. Now coming off that, it's hard to say. No, no, I don't think but, so. But it will but, be a very interesting measuring stick for Florida because Alabama just whooped up on Kentucky. Yeah. What if Florida does struggle a little bit? It'll change your thinking, again, style point-wise, yeah. on how you view the SEC championship game and if Florida can compete with Alabama. Let me ask you this. Justin Fields, Heisman Hope's done, right? I believe that game probably cost him it. There's going to be one little caveat here. Mm-hmm. The Heisman has the Heisman Trophy obviously has been extended into January, yes. so they're not naming it early. So 
We will quickly forget about that because it wasn't a loss. We will forget about that if he's unbelievable the next three weeks. Okay. I, I think we will. Okay. Um, and, and what if, and by the way, at the same time that's happening, Kyle Trask and Mac Jones play to a 20-17 to 17 game in the SEC championship game. That was my next question, Kyle Trask. Did that do anything for his Heisman stock at all? No, I, I mean, I think it's a fair, we were, we were talking, we debated last night on the show on Action Sports X Primetime. Who would you vote for right now for the Heisman Trophy? You have Lawrence, you have Fields, if you want to throw Zach Wilson in there. You have Trask, yeah. you have Mac Jones. I said Mac Jones because I feel like Alabama has proven they're the best team in the country, and he's been great. But if you go by the just the numbers, like you could easily vote Kyle Trask. Bottom line is you're not voting for Justin Fields after three interceptions, and not you're not true. voting for Trevor Lawrence because he hasn't played in a Let month. Let me bring this up. You know, I get what you're saying here, but the problem with Mac Jones to me is, is he even the best person on offense? Probably not. Yeah, but Harris Silney ran for like 90 yards in that game, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I don't get over 100. But like, I still think Harris is the, the best player on that offense. Yeah, and he might run into that. Yeah. I mean, but listen, Kyle know. Pitts might be the best player on Florida's That's offense. That's a good point. Although he hadn't played in a couple weeks, and, and Trask keeps putting up numbers. So. That's a good point. I think it's hard to vote for the Heisman right now. We know yeah. those two players are not as good as the two players that are in the mix. True. But they're outperforming them statistically. Yeah. It's fascinating. I told you, style points Do you think matter. Trevor Lawrence still has a chance to win it? I do for the same reasons, although I can't imagine the voters are going to just dismiss not playing two games and maybe now a third. Yeah. They would definitely have to play that Florida State game, and he would have to light things up for the month of December. Good. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Coos. There's a, there's a clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's clapped. a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer to oh, I'm oh, using oh, that tonight. You guys just had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I mean, they've been doing it against everyone. And, you know, I kind of went back and forth for a little bit. I mean, truthfully, I was just thinking to myself, hey, listen, do we keep them in there? And, you know, you talk about getting experience. You know, is that going to get experience? And then is it good enough? Or, you know, where we are. But I think, you know, during the week, we'll evaluate it. Uh, I don't think I'll have an answer on Monday, you know, when I get asked a question. But, you know, I think as... um, you know, the week goes, we'll take a look and, and see what we can do. What's the best thing for our team? Uh, Doug Marone didn't have an answer today when he met with the media. That was sound from yesterday. And uh, they said they were going to talk it over with Ben McAdoo and, and Jay Gruden tonight. I can tell you this, in my opinion, Doug's, when he says that, we're going to talk it over. We're going to have some, we just had preliminary conversations and we're going to do more talking about it tonight. That means they're making a move. I mean, okay. they, they, I, I can't imagine they don't do something else. On Sunday against uh, the Cleveland Browns. And I, the question is, how healthy is Minshew? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in a sense, it's like, why are you on the roster, Mike Lennon, if you're not going to give this guy a try? Right? Yeah. Like, see, this is what I thought when we had this debate going back, coming off the bye. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought, like, listen, in three games, we'll know who Luton is. In three games, we'll know who um, Mike Glennon is, right? And sure. I know we already know who he is, but we'll, we'll have this evidence so then you can go to Luton. And instead, they put him up against these three quarterbacks and teams. And I know Houston wasn't much, but, you know, they put him in this difficult stretch. And not to say the next three games wouldn't be hard either. I mean, you got Cleveland, you got Baltimore, well, you got Tennessee. Here, it's going to be out for this Jaguars game. Yeah, so I guess that that, does, that reasoning probably doesn't make much sense. My point being, 
you could go to the other guy at some point. You still had plenty of games to go mm-hmm. uh, if it didn't work out. And and that's why I still don't understand fully why they went to Luton so early if they're trying to win. And I say trying to win. I'm not suggest, suggesting they're trying to lose. But are you trying to win enough is a fair question to ask the Jaguars this year. Made no trades at the deadline mm-hmm. to try to get better. They, they, they brought kickers in that had never kicked. They didn't give the ball to their best player for three straight games against awful run defenses. They... Come out of here the bye week with an injured quarterback, and they give it to a rookie who's never played and hasn't called a play in the huddle since August instead mm-hmm. of a veteran guy that might be able to do some decent things and at least give, put you in a position to win. I think those are fair questions. Have they? Did they try to win enough is a question I have for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Didn't they cut Joshua Dobbs or let him go? And then right after they signed Mike Glennon, is that they how did. It what they did? What they did is they were more afraid that Luton would get picked up. And yeah. so they didn't want him going through wire, uh, the waiver wire. Yep. And they weren't afraid that Mike Glennon was going to get picked up. And so they cut Glennon with the idea that they knew they could bring him back. Gotcha. You know, okay. okay. That's when they made that roster move. That's, I got so there you. was, there was a tactic involved there, which sure. I understood. They just didn't want to risk Luton yeah. getting picked up by somebody. Yeah. Um, Which, so, I mean, could be, uh, I get it, there's always a, a possibility now that it could be a, a, a you know, a s- snowflake's chance and you know what that actually happened, because let's be honest, you had zero tape to go off of. You did, but you had some murmurs out of here, I and that's you. what they were afraid of. They were very afraid of in August. Mm. The people writing and talking about certain players in practice would actually be what other teams were paying attention to. Mm. I think they were a bit paranoid about that, mm-hmm. and, and some of that was because they were probably looking at other people in, what, oh, in the same way. Yeah. You didn't have tape, so the only way to kind of get a feel... Maybe we're we saying. Well, let's, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not saying they were locked into every show. Yeah. But if they saw that there was like a narrative going on, hey, Luton looks pretty good. Yeah. Luton looks like he can throw the ball. Luton might have the best arm in camp. Sure. Luton this, Luton that. Yeah. Well, then they might be like, some other team needs a quarter. You know, let's take a flyer on this guy. What the hell? It's well, a 50 well, second guy case, in the roster. She should have traded Colin Johnson for like a second round pick than <laughs> yeah. we were talking about him yeah, in well, training camp. Yeah, isn't it? That's a, that's a guy that's disappeared. Yeah. Uh, I've got some news for you. You're going to like this. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Do you want to make a bet? Um, I'm typing it right now for all to see on Twitter. Okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Is this breaking news or not? Are going to beat the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Oh, wow. I like it. I do like it. Um, Is this more? I mean, where are you, though, huh? Because, like, one minute you're not Sunshine and Rainbows, the next minute you're Mr. Positivity. You're you're all over the road right now, Brent Martino. I'm just telling. Here's the thing. First of all, this is because they now have a little bit of a cushion. Is not why I'm picking this game. I would have been very nervous if they didn't have a cushion. Mm-hmm. And because I think they're going to beat the Browns. I think the Browns can still Brown. <laughs> what can Brown do for you? They can do this. Yeah. And I think Gardner Minshew is going to be ready to go this week. I have no idea. It's just a hunch. Okay. I think if Gardner Minshew, and now this would really depend. If, if they tell us Wednesday Mike London's a starter, I'm not sure I agree with myself. Well, I mean, come on, Brent. But I'm going to still ride well, with don't, it. Okay. I'm okay. going to roll with it. Okay. But I'm okay. taking more of a hunch that I think Minshew comes back. Yeah. And they will have a workable offense. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is not playing good football. Mm. And... The Browns like to run the ball, and I think the Jaguars have done an adequate job of stopping the run. They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna run for 240 all over them. Is my point. I mean, they're not going to out. They're not going to run away from you. It doesn't appear the Cleveland Browns. Browns. I mean, um, with their offense, do you? Am I wrong with that? No, you're you, you're not wrong there. But I do think they have one of the best running games in the entire NFL. 
Um, and while the Jaguars have been good at stopping the run lately, it seems like, can they stop Nick Chubb? Can they stop Kareem Hunt? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, stop is interesting. But, yeah. like, James Conner had a pretty decent day yesterday. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like, I mean, you were like, yeah, okay, it's an, a day in the NFL. Yeah. Right? I mean, it wasn't like, ah, whoa. Well, I mean, there's a few times yeah, like, where he, nice, really he nice got run. on the edge and I'm yelling, like, who's got contained? Well, and yeah, and there was one big stuff. play. I think they busted, like, a 28-yard run for that. Yeah. And then there were a couple times they had him behind the line and he was tough to tackle. Yeah. Uh, I think Clay Brooks missed a tackle on two guys, actually, but, on one play. It would have been a five-yard loss. But to answer your question, I mean, the Packers, the Texans... Uh, the Steelers' offenses all scare me a lot more than than, than the Browns' offense does. Yeah, and I just don't I don't see. Uh, listen, hats off to Cleveland. They're mm-hmm. doing some good things. They're playing pretty good defense, and they're running the football. But it's not like Baker Mayfield's doing much, in my opinion. I watch every snap. Yeah. But he does not appear like he's well scaring teams. And I'm gonna say this though: their past two games have been in just hor- horrible, horrific weather. Was the weather bad yesterday yes. too? I mean, it was raining Again, and it was cold. Yeah, I, yeah. Now yeah. that actually would be a third game that it's been like. That. Okay, so there and, you go. And I'll tell you, the Ravens are in an interesting. The weather is playing havoc with how you judge some of these teams. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you there, the, the Browns. But if you play good defense and run the ball, shouldn't you play okay in that stuff? No, I mean you're not wrong there. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying in I mean, terms of their offensive of, output, they got a pick six yesterday that really yeah. helped them win that game yeah. against the Eagles. The Eagles muddy games up anyway. Every game is like 21 to 13 against the Eagles. Do you know they they haven't scored over 30 points one time this season? That's crazy. That and is it, crazy. A Doug, a Doug, Doug Peterson, Peterson and Carson offense? Wentz. Whew. That's crazy. Heesh. But I just I'm telling you, I got I've got a feel I have not had good feelings about the Jags. Yeah. Um I just feel like this is Now the last it, time you I, felt this they beat the Colts. As you as you look at games that they can win mm-hmm. down the stretch, this isn't even a I think they can win that game because I would have said three weeks ago I don't think so. I just feel like this has a recipe of kind of being that NFL game mm-hmm. where the Jags are still playing hard. They might get a bump from a QB replacement. They might get a motivated Gardner Minshew as well if he does play. Again, that's a big if. Uh they might get a rejuvenated Mike Glennon if he plays. I don't think they're playing Luton this week. I really don't. And I think that will give a little bit of encouragement to that offense that is not as bad as it's played the last, especially yesterday. Yeah. Um, they're a little handicapped by a, a young quarterback right now. So I think the defense has been pretty good like for them. I know the standard's 30 points, but for the, <laughs> they've been, they kept them in games. The defense has done enough the last couple weeks to win the football game. Ironically, the offense hasn't done enough, and I think a lot of that has to be put on the quarterback situation yeah. uh, right now. And just because James Robinson's still doing his thing, the offensive line has been adequate enough. They're at least throwing it to DJ Chark, which I like. Uh, I'm telling you, I just got to feel. I think this is the game. This is a the game they're winning, and then they're. And this is, by the way, so Jags, right? They get a cushion now. In the, if you are in the quest for the number two pick, and now they're going to close that gap. And now if they win one more, and they're going to make us all nervous the last five weeks of the season, and they're going to win one more. Now, the same goes for the Browns. The Browns have been the Browns. And the Browns just took the lead over the Ravens in that division for second place. Can you see the Browns being 8-3 and and holding off the Ravens? I don't think so. I don't feel that. I have a hard time envisioning that. So I just don't see the Browns winning this game in, uh, in Jacksonville on Sunday. Well, let's, let's go ahead and work that scenario out real quick. So the Jaguars go two and nine. You still got Chicago coming to Jacksonville in late December, 
and you still got to play at Indianapolis, depending. I mean, we can assume now the Colts are probably going to be playing for a playoff spot. But if they already got it locked up, one, it makes you wonder, you know, what their depth is going to be like. I mean, they beat the Browns. You got to like them against the Bears, regardless of who the quarterback's going to be, Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, and maybe against the Colts. Like, is this going to be the ultimate Jaguars thing to do where they're going to win, like, maybe two, three games now? Are you, are you going to speak this into existence? I hope not. Yeah. Well, you starting, not. I feel like you are. I don't know if I'm even rooting. I don't think oh, I'm rooting and, for this. And, and at the Vikings, by the way, too. The Vikings have been a little weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow out for the year. Um, now with that. Such a gruesome injury. Uh, I mean, hey, if you have a chance to watch it, don't. Yeah, Let's just say it ACL, like that. ACL, MCL, and some more structural damage now. So that was the big one. Yeah. He knew right away. Everybody knew that the cart out. Um He's played really well. Sucks. He, he was playing very well in that game, at least as I was kind of watching on the computer. I mean, yeah. uh, statistically, he was playing pretty well. And he, they need to do more about him. I'm telling you what, I'm not convinced that Zach Taylor is the guy there. I have the same issue with Zach Taylor as I do with Anthony Lynn. Okay. I know it's not all their fault, but I think there's a little bit of proof here that they don't win enough. And they're not going to win big. And so I would be a little nervous if I'm in L.A. and if I'm in Cincinnati that you've got quarterbacks playing at this good a level, this mm-hmm. high a level, and and you have five combined wins in those two franchises. That's problematic to me. But let me ask you this. Zach Taylor's an offensive-minded guy, right? The problem of the Cincinnati Bengals right now, well, it's not their offense, obviously, because they're putting up you know a lot of points. Um, don't you give Taylor credit for that? And it's like, all right, maybe you have to find a new defensive coordinator. Or do you think that all falls on Taylor as well? It's like, sorry, man, we cut you loose. Well, I I think uh, that's a fair point. And Joe Burrow's development has to be in some way, shape, or form related as well. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's an offensive guy, so that's fair enough. But I just like it's like I don't think Anthony Lynn's a bad coach. I just think soon, like you know, don't we know that he's not going to win big? He can't win games. Like he he has a hard time winning football games. Yeah, and they've been in games. They play hard. They play well for the most part. Heck, they almost blew it against the Jets yesterday. <laughs> they tried to give that up. I just don't know. There's like this. It, it's no different than it might be like the Mike Malarkey to Vrabel thing, hmm. where it's like, listen, Mike, well, you did a heck of a job. We haven't even won this many games, yeah. uh, it, you know, recently. Mm-hmm. But we don't really think you're going to get us to the promised land. You know, it always reminds me of the Chicago Cubs when they brought in Madden. It was like, hey, we don't, we, we, it was like Renneke, I think was the guy or something. And, and he had to go through all the hard times and the rebuild and blah, blah, yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, we, do, we think we can get a guy that's going to win big. That's Joe Madden. Boom, yep. bring him in here. I think a little bit like that with the Dodgers. I mean, Dodgers had Don Mattingly. Mattingly was just named the coach of the year, AM manager of the year in the NL. Yeah. But they just didn't see him winning it all. Like, it was like, ah, I don't know if he can get all the way there. Dave Roberts maybe – now, it took Dave Roberts even a little bit. So I think that happens in sports sometimes. They did, the, they did that with the Raptors. With well, Nick there you Nurse. go. They, oh, a good call. It was a yeah. great call because – got, got coach, coach of the, of the year. year, right? He got coach of the and year. And they fired him. say what you guys in, doing. Yeah, and brought in Nick Nurse, and then they went in. Kuz, was Nurse in-house or not? Where did Nurse – was I, it Nurse an uh, assistant? I think he was an assistant. I think he was. I'm pretty sure. So they hired him in-house. And then I yeah. think they just brought him up. But, I mean, and the big – argument with that is Kawhi came over so that changed a lot of things but still I mean 
Yeah, well, he had done very well. Like, and I don't know what that is, by the way. I, we, that is like an internal thing that you just have to get a feel for. But yeah. it's, it goes back to kind of that the Cardinals article that I was referring to last week. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, Steve Wilkes, who knows? He didn't even get a fair shake. Josh Rosen, who knows? He didn't get a fair shake. Mm-hmm. But we think we can do this that's going to be way better even at their ceiling. Yeah. And then you do it. Well, I kind of feel if I'm Cincinnati, I'm thinking about that. If, now, you got to remember now, Cincinnati is a team that hung on to Marvin Lewis for a long time and didn't want to admit that. Yeah. But Marvin Lewis was that guy. Marvin Lewis could get you there. He could keep you competitive, but he couldn't, couldn't, win the big get, one. He couldn't, couldn't win anything <laughs> in the postseason. A1, yeah. And I, I really believe Anthony. I hate to say that about because I think Anthony Lynn's probably a great man, and, and I think he's a really good coach. I just think when you lose this many close games, it's fair to ask, like, is this guy going to be able to go where you need to go? Yeah. He can do a lot of great things, which makes it very difficult to let go of. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, we could do worse. Absolutely could do worse. But if you're trying to do way better, mm-hmm. I'm not sure Taylor and Cincy and Anthony Lynn are the guys. It's just it's so hard because I feel like, especially nowadays, we tie quarterback production to head coaches. Right. And Justin Herbert playing very well right now. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow was playing well until he got hurt. And, like, when you tie that production to the coaches, it's like, whoa, let's see yeah. what these guys that's got. That's a fair point. But to be fair, though, if you go, like, to the Eagles right now and Doug Peterson, I mean, how, how much longer does Doug Peterson have until people are starting to say, you know, let's get somebody new in here? Because Carson Wentz has obviously regressed big time. I think that will start this off. It will start to build. I told you that last Especially week. Especially you have Jalen Hurts, too. It will start to build, no doubt about it. I've got a coaching um, – I want to throw out a coach there and see if you'd be interested okay. in Jacksonville if there is a change. Yes, I'm interested. Uh, How much you offer me? No, not you. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's coming up next. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN six nine. No. Just um, how we're going to uh, approach our opponent. You know, kind of a game plan. That's it. That's Doug Marone uh, when asked about his job security and questions uh, or, or conversations with Shot Khan, Jaguars owner. And it has nothing to do with, hey, you're going to be fired in two weeks if you don't win. Or I always think that is interesting, though. Like, like in this business, you know you're like on your way out. Your boss kind of knows you're on your way out. Yeah. Yet you still have these conversations like, hey, we're trying to work for the common good and win a game on Sunday and, and all that stuff. It's it's kind of odd. It'd be such a... Like, it's easier in our, our worlds, right? Like, in the business world, it's like, yeah, you don't really have to talk to your boss every day. Most people don't. Yeah. Like, they're up well, there in that corner office. I do. Well, I, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I'm not your boss. Like, I don't sign your check. Kind of. I mean, yeah, but you tell I'm what to talking do. about the guy that's... Not, yeah, I do tell you what to do. You tell what to do. I, I, <laughs> you're right about that. You're my boss. But, yeah, okay. But that guy signs the checks. Like, I can't yeah. fire you. Yeah. Well, I probably could. But uh, exactly. Yeah. So you're yeah. my boss. Yeah, Anyways, true. the uh, end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, let's get to Bruce on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Bruce>. <laughs> I don't know how to handle this situation. Bruce, what's happening, man? Hey, gentlemen, I really enjoy your show. It's a great alternative to uh, some other stations. I appreciate Thanks, that. Man. Thanks appreciate for checking that. us out. No, I mean it's from my heart. But uh, you know, I've been to every game for the last twelve years, and uh, except with the exception of this year, but I made the mistake of going yesterday and wasting five hundred dollars. But uh, I want to congratulate Mr. Khan on his uh, franchise more than doubling in value while he became the second fastest owner to a hundred losses. Nice job. 
And secondly, uh, we were talking about Marone, and I saw something yesterday which just blew my mind. When the, they had a less than fourth and one, the Jags, when the game was still not totally out of hand, and they took a too-much-time penalty, yeah. and then they sent the offense out on the field. That, and then they called a timeout. I mean, are they even paying attention? I tell what you what, the Bruce. Hell was that? Yeah, Bruce, that's a that was an interesting one. Hey, Bruce, before I'm going to comment on that, but real quick, if you're Shad Khan, obviously the hundred losses has become a topic around here. How do you think they can turn around? What would you like to see them do uh, outside of obviously I'd like making to see changes? Them sell the team to somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. That will stay in Jacksonville, to be honest. Interesting. Uh, all right, Bruce, appreciate it, man. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thanks for jumping in. Thanks for listening to the show here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. So there's the, a few things there. Yeah, the yeah. play he brings up, I'm not going to lie to you. Here's what I – you want to know what I think happened? So, I think, and I don't think they will ever admit this, but I think what happened is it's fourth and one in their own end. They try to go out there and maybe are thinking about going out for going for it. Yeah. And they get a delay of game penalty because – the throw in the punt team out. Well, then they take the punt team off the field, and they're like, you know what? What the hell? Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there's jockeying back and forth. But then they get out there, and they realize, oh, shoot, we got to delay a game penalty. It's fourth and six. It's not fourth and one. Yeah. I really think that's what happened. And so they were thinking fourth and one, fourth and one, fourth and one, but they forgot they got the delay a game penalty instead of calling a timeout and not getting the delay a game penalty. And so I real I, again, you'll never get them to admit it, but I believe that's what's happening. Now, what you can hide behind is they were trying to get a 12 men on the field. That was the wackiest thing I've ever seen. Well, not ever. Yeah. But I've it's never a- seen that, and I've watched the Jags play for 12 years. Listen, I'm just saying right now, if they would have went for it on fourth down when it was fourth and six after that penalty – I would have turned the TV off. And no, I'm, not even exa- I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not even joking. If they would have went for it, I, I would have been done right there. Part of me would have wanted to see your three game takeaways after that. Though. You know what? Wouldn't have saw them. Wouldn't have posted them. <laughs> Simple as that. I would have been guys, I'm taking this week off. Sorry, no video. Have a good Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you later. That was such a bizarre hmm. play that I had people texting me, and obviously on social media, but they were like, what was that? Dude, I'm not even lying. I had my remote ready. I'm like, is this what we're going to do? What, we're going to go for it now, Doug? Because I'm turning this thing off. I dare to go for it on fourth and six. As literally in front of my TV like this with my family. And my, and my Cody's like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not going to watch this if they go for it on fourth and six. Just uh, telling you right now. A little more on Shad Cotton when we come back on ESPN 690.